Welcome to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm Ashley, a spiritual mindset coach, passionate about all things spirituality, manifestation, energetics, mindset, human design, and so much more. My mission is to guide you to know yourself on a deep soul level, help you to energetically upgrade to manifest your deepest desires, to uplevel your mindset, and to expand your spirituality. Let's jump in. Join me on this journey to awaken and rise. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, if this is the first time that you've tuned into my podcast, welcome to this community. Awaken and Rise, the podcast is an extension of my Instagram and business. And I really started it to be a place where I can express myself in longer form content. But for me personally, I just found that there was only so much that you could say on Instagram and so much that you, so much that I felt that I could share about myself. Whereas the podcast is so much less edited or curated and somewhere where I just want to explore the topics that I'm interested in and to share my life in further detail. So thanks for coming along this journey with me. And today's episode, I am very excited to go into We're going to be speaking all things human design. And if this is the first time that you've heard of human design, don't worry, I'm going to really give all the details and context behind it. But also, if you've been in my world before, you will be familiar with human design. Maybe you've had a reading with me, maybe you've worked with me before. And my intention for this podcast episode is to explore it in a way that you can use it for yourself but also to further understand those around you as well, which is something that I find really cool with human design. So human design is something that I came across in, I think it was maybe 2018, 2019. And I heard about it on a podcast. And as soon as I heard the term, I was instantly like super drawn to it. And I knew there was something there for me. And the way that this podcast And full disclaimer, there are so many loud birds at this time of afternoon and it's just started raining. So hopefully there's not too much background noise, but I apologize if there is. But but the way that this podcast explained what human design was, was a mixture of spirituality and science. And that really piqued my interest because basically my whole life, I was a very, you know, analytical, scientific, there's no God, there's only the here and now tangible facts, tangible evidence, science-based girl. And that's kind of the way that I viewed the world. So I kind of like to call myself a super open-minded skeptic where you could literally tell me anything and I'd probably believe you, but I'm also super skeptical in the same vein as well, which I know completely contradicts each other. But there's always that thing in the back of my mind of like skepticism, even though I don't have that logical, rational, you know, scientific sort of brain anymore. Anyway, so when this girl was saying it's a mixture of spirituality and science, I had, I was a few years into my spiritual awakening. So I was, you know, awakening in the terms of being interested in like past life stuff, soul work, astrology, and really exploring all of these spiritual concepts, which was so not what I was used to, but it was so, so interesting to me. Yeah. So I would listen to this podcast and I was hooked on whatever this human design thing was. I remember I even DM'd the the podcast host and was like, thank you so much for this. Like human design is just so interesting and so life-changing to me. And that's when I began my hardcore research phase. So I don't know if you can relate, but I'm kind of the type of person that if something really intrigues me and interests me, I will go down the rabbit hole with 
all the research and I just need to know everything about this topic. I love to learn. I've got a lot of Gemini in my chart. If you're into astrology, they're all about like intellect and knowledge and like learning as much as they can about particular subjects. And I very much identify with that myself. And I just couldn't get enough of this human design thing. So I was looking at my chart. I was looking at my friend's charts, my partner's chart at the time. I was looking at my family's charts and just analyzing people from the human design lens. And I found that my chart was super, super accurate and relevant to me. And also I was into astrology pretty hardcore at the time as well. I really learned how these methodologies and modalities can really help us discover who we're here to be and to discover what we already know deep down about ourselves. So it's not about like, you know, looking at astrology and being like, oh, you know, she's a Gemini. She's put into this Gemini box. It's not that it's I identify with these traits and this makes so much sense to me. It's putting language to something that I already felt about myself. And that's how I really like to see these modalities, not to put you in a box or to limit you or restrict you in any way, but it's about putting language to what you're already feeling. And it's almost like a permission slip from like your soul to be like, I've designed you this way. Please be your true authentic self and unlearn anything that doesn't align with that. And that's what I started to do with human design. For me, it explained so many things about myself from more of an energetic sort of space. So I was already deep with astrology and for me personally, and the way that I kind of look at astrology and how I've learned astrology is that a lot of it is, I guess, personality based and personality like trait based. So obviously you've got your sun sign and that's like your overall sort of personality. So for me, that's cancer. But then I also have, you know, my rising sign, which is how I present to the world, which is a lot of Gemini energy for me. And then you've got, you know, your Venus and that's how you love and show up in relationship and your Mercury, which is how you communicate. And there's so many different cool aspects, but I find it to be more personality based versus with human design. I find it to be more around energy and how best to use your energy in the world. So I find it to be a little bit more practical. Um, and tangible. And in my readings, personally, I give a lot of like tangible tips and tools of like what to actually do to align to be in your chart rather than with astrology. It's like, this is who you are. It's like that permission slip to be that person. Human design is a little bit more like action oriented. And that's kind of how I view the difference between the two. They are very similar. And in fact, astrology is actually under the human design branch, which I'll go into in a sec like human design actually incorporates astrology into it and it's a big part of it. But I really, really love the way that human design yeah, gives that practical advice and it's more about like how to do things and how to show up in the world. So to give a little context around what actually is human design, if you haven't heard of it before, it's basically a modality that incorporates all of these different systems. So it incorporates astrology, like I mentioned, it incorporates the chakra system, which I'm super familiar with as well, being an energy healer. It includes the Chinese I Ching, Kabbalah, which is Jewish and quantum physics all in the one modality of human design. So I like to say it's kind of like the best of the best of everything all condensed into one. The system gives you a body graph, which is a map of your body that is created the second you were born. So this never changes, just like your birthday never changes. All of this information will never change. And that's why it can be so beneficial to tap into it ASAP because you know that it's never going to change for the rest of your life. And it basically shows you all of your like unique traits, but also how to best use your energy in the world according to 
how your soul has designed your human to be. And it's my belief that we are all souls in, in physical human vessels. And when we die, we go back up to the astral and we choose another body. And then we come back down again for another life to learn all different lessons and evolve and learn and grow. So while we're up there before we, before we incarnate, we've already chosen the person that we want to be. We've chosen our parents. We've chosen, you know, our soulmates and our lessons and all the things that we want to learn and tick off during this life. And this is somewhat of a representation of that and how to fully align with that person. And one thing I like to say to all my clients, especially in readings, is that the world has been created perfectly. So there's actually a certain percentage of each of the types, which I'll go into soon, each human design type that is perfect for the world to work the way that it does. And for example, if we were all, you know, one type, the world just wouldn't work the way that it does. We need a balance and a mixture of all five different energy types to represent different parts of society and to do different things in our society as well. So as you can see, it's super like intricate, but also so fascinating. And as I go along, you'll learn so much about yourself. And I encourage that if you haven't heard of human design and you're feeling drawn to it, to look into it because it is really, really life-changing. And it's also super interesting, like I said at the start, to look at people around you's charts as well, because that again can put language to like knowing that we are all really different and unique. And I feel like that kind of gives like compassion because then you can realize, oh, my partner is actually a different energy type to me. And, you know, they might have a lot of energy, whereas I feel like I don't. And I don't need to shame myself for that because we're literally just created differently. And it can be so easy to think that everyone's the same or that everyone, everyone should see the world the same way that you do or operate in the world the same way that you do. But that's just not true because they have a different energy type to you and a different energetic makeup to you. So it's really cool. And I would encourage you to like pause the podcast now and look up one, your own human design chart, but also maybe your loved ones or friends or people that you know, their birthdays, because it can be really cool to like put it into perspective and to learn about other people as well. And kind of my skeptical mind's coming in again, but it's like, further giving evidence that this is actually legit and this is actually a thing because if it explains yourself so perfectly and it explains, you know, your partner so perfectly, there's something to it, right? And I'm yet to find someone. I've done so many readings over my time being a human design reader and there's not one person that says that they don't identify with their chart. So I feel like there's definitely something within that. But if you do want to look up your chart, There's so many different websites that you can use. My favorite one personally is called myhumandesign.com. It's created by Jenna Zoe, who kind of made human design, I guess, cool. She's a really cool person to follow on Instagram for like for little bits of human design information. But go and look up your chart, screenshot it, and then come back to this episode. And I'm going to explain what it all means because it can be really, really confronting. So if you see your chart and you get overwhelmed, don't worry, that's completely normal. And I'd recommend either getting reading or asking someone that's super into human design to help explain it to you. So without further ado, let's go into the energy types. And this is kind of the basics of human design. It's similar to your sun sign in astrology. So like your, you know, your normal zodiac sign that you probably identify with most similar to that in the sense that that's your overall sort of energy and personality 
this is your overall energy in human design as well. So as we go along, you'll know there's so many branches off of this and there's so many other things to look at in the chart, but this is where you start. And they say to actually master this part of your chart first before moving on and integrating and implementing any of the other things. Because if you're not mastering the foundations, there's nowhere for the other stuff to go. So the energy type is the most important thing to look at in the chart. And there are five different types that you can be. So there's manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, which is a combination of the first two, projectors and reflectors. And I'm going to start with manifestors and they represent less than 10% of the population. So I think it's around eight to 9% of the planet are this manifestor type. And they're really here to start and ignite and initiate things. So their energy is really big, really direct and strong. Um, and they can push and really be impactful. They're less influenced by other people's desires and what other people want for them. And they can keep really clear and focused on exactly what they want to do. Their energy is really big and direct and strong, and they can really push and be impactful quite easily. And it comes quite naturally to them to be a leader and a trailblazer. They're actually meant to be the ones to go first and to really initiate things. However, this bigness comes with a lot of different wounds and shadows, especially around stepping into that bigness. So a lot of manifestors stay small because they're scared that their big energy is going to be seen as too much. And that can be a really yeah, challenging thing for a manifestor. Another thing with manifestors, and I'm personally a manifestor, so I can relate to this and I know this very much in depth, is around energy. So I think I mentioned this on a podcast last week, but manifestors don't have what's called a sacral center defined. And the sacral center, other types do have it defined. And in fact, 70% of the population have this defined. So majority of people have this, however, manifestors don't. And the sacral is all around energy and physical energy. So if you have this in your chart, this sacral you have access to physical energy and consistent energy all of the time. So you really can keep up with society and, you know, working the nine to five and then doing stuff afterwards and doing stuff before work. And like you have a higher amount of energy. However, manifestors don't have this sacral, which means that they have more inconsistent energy. Doesn't mean that they don't have energy at all, but their energy cycle can be really inconsistent. And they go through what's called creative urges and rest cycles. So I heard this quote, I think it actually might've been from Jenna, Zoe, who I mentioned before. And she said that manifestors either have 0% energy or 200% energy, and there's no in between. And I so relate to that, but there's no consistency with that. So you actually have no idea when the creative urge is going to come and you're going to have that 200% energy. You can't plan for it. You can't be like, oh you know, on Wednesday, I'm going to have all this energy. I just know it. You literally don't know until it's here. And then the rest of the time you're in this rest cycle, which is all about rebuilding your energy again and resting and regenerating and renewing in order for that creative urge to come again. And in that creative urge, you have so much energy to get things done 
but you're probably even more productive than, you know, somebody with a sacral. You'll be able to do things so much faster and much more efficiently. But again, it's around riding that until the rest cycle and the low energy comes in. And that's when you know that you need to slow down and rest, which can be a massive challenge in itself especially if we are subscribed to the system, right? If we have like normal jobs, if we work for someone else, in fact, that they say that manifestors aren't actually meant to work for anyone else because they're the ones, they're the leaders here. They don't like getting told what to do. They don't like being under anyone else. They want to be the ones to call the shots. They don't like being controlled. They want to do what they want, when they want. And it's around, if you're a manifestor, embracing that and knowing that about yourself, that it's okay to be like that. And, you know, if you are a manifester, like working the nine to five for someone else, I'm not saying you have to quit your job right now or tomorrow, but you know, deep down that you're here for something else. You know, you know, deep down that you're here for something different because that's literally the way that you have been designed. Also, it's just started pouring and storming here. So I really apologize if there's any annoying background noise, but I want to move on to the next type and The next type I'm going to cover is a generator. So generators represent around 40-ish percent of the population and generators hold the largest percentage of people out of all the types. And I find that a lot of people that I do readings for get kind of disheartened by this and they're like, oh, you know, I wish I was the rare one. I'm just the boring common generator, which is absolutely not true at all. When you actually understand what a generator is here to do, you realize they are so crucial and so important to this world. They are really here to bring light, to light up the world by doing what lights them up. So if generators were the rare ones and they were like 1% of the population, how dark would this world be? We actually need your light to bring this fun, joyful, playful energy to the world. And how special and cool is that? I love generators so much. So generators, we spoke about the sacral before and the sacral is that, you know, that life force energy, that consistent energy generators have this. So they have access to that high energy at all times. And they use this energy to really help build and create in society. And they're really energy beings that bring life to the planet. So if you're listening to this and you're a generator and you're like, I actually don't identify with this at all. I feel like I have low energy. That's okay. A lot of people feel that way. And it's because you're not living in alignment to your design. So when you're living in alignment to your design, i.e. doing what you love and doing what lights you up, which is basically the whole role of a generator to just do what you love and what you actually want to do. And easier said than done, but delegate the rest and not do the other stuff that you don't actually, that doesn't excite you and light you up. That's what's going to give you energy. So if you're not doing those things, if you have no energy, I would be looking at where are you bored in your life? Where are you doing something just because you feel like you have to, not because you actually want to, you know, is it a job that you hate? Where in your life are you still putting up with things that don't excite you and light you up? Because as soon as you let those things go and step into the opposite to the things that actually light you up and excite you and bring you joy, that's when you're going to feel charged up and you're going to feel that energy again. So I would guarantee that you know at least one generator in your inner circle or loved ones. And you can see how this energy is different to the manifesto, right? So it can be cool to look at who around you is a generator and where 
they can step into doing things that they love more because as soon as you, as soon as they do what they love and like what they actually want to do, they're going to light up the world in turn, which is their whole purpose is to really light up the world. There's so much more that I can say about all these types as well. This is like a very brief overview, just so you can understand like the overall energetic sort of aura of all the types. So the next type that I want to speak about is the manifesting generator. And I guess the name kind of gives it away, but it's actually a combination of the manifester type and the generator type in one. So like a hybrid of the two types. So they have this like initiator, leader, you know, trailblazer sort of energy of the manifester. And they also have this consistent energy and this light to actually get things done and follow things through. So they're kind of like a manifester but with the consistent energy, which is really, really cool. And they represent around 33% of the population. So they're the second, I guess, most common, but again, are really here with a unique purpose. And I personally know a lot of manifesting generators in my life. So I know this type quite well as well. And they actually have the most energy out of any other type. So these people can be really multifaceted and multi-passionate and be really good at multitasking and probably always have, you know, their fingers in so many different metaphorical pies. So, you know, they might have a business over here, but then also work for someone else. All of the manifesting generators around me usually have a few different projects going at all times, whether that's they're studying one thing or they've got a business over here and then they work for someone else over here and then they're really passionate about this hobby and then they make pottery and sell that at markets or like they just have so many different interests and have such a broad range of interests. And that is perfect. It doesn't mean that they're not focused. It doesn't mean that they can't stick things out. They're literally meant to follow whatever excites them and whatever they're interested in. And as soon as they're not interested about that thing to drop it and leave it and to move on. And that is the signature of manifesting generators and can be one of the biggest things that I see personally with manifesting generators is they think that they have to hold on to these things for longer than they actually need to. So I see this a lot with jobs or like businesses or career or even relationships, they're in it and they're so in it. And then all of a sudden they're not interested anymore or they lose passion for the thing or the project and get really hard on themselves for thinking that they have to stick it out because society is really ingrained into us that we have to, you know, work the nine to five, work the one job, maybe two jobs for the rest of our lives, or, you know, study the one degree, specialize in the one thing and follow that through and make that our passion and our purpose for the rest of our lives, which especially for manifesting generators is absolutely not true. This is your permission slip. If you are a manifesting generator to follow whatever excites you and it's okay to pivot and to move on. In fact, that's actually what you're supposed to do. So as you can tell these manifesting generators, one of their biggest, I guess, wounds or shadows can be shame around being inconsistent or, you know, coming across as like flaky or non-committal because they can't stick things out. When in fact, you're actually not meant to force yourself to stick anything out. As soon as you're interested in something else, go for that. You're actually meant to pursue whatever excites you and leave behind what no longer does. And this is part of your purpose. And I guess I've spoken about the sacral a lot and that energy. And I mean, you've probably guessed it, but manifesting generators definitely have that sacral defined. So again, it's, it relates back to the generator, but if you're not feeling like you have all this high energy to do things in your life. I would be looking at where are you not excited by the things that you're doing in your life 
or maybe where you're still stuck in something that you wanted to move on from ages ago. It's okay for you to be non-committal. It's okay for you to be inconsistent. That's exactly your energy type. And as soon as you lean into this and accept this part of yourself, it can give you the biggest sigh of relief because this is exactly how you're meant to be. The next type is a projector and projectors make up around 20% of the population. Projectors are really cool. However, I find personally, I don't know as many and I don't read for as many projectors either, which is really interesting. So I don't know where they're all hiding, but projectors are really, really cool energy types. So they are really here to be the guides of the world. They are super, super efficient. They can really easily see solutions and answers to problems. And I feel like they're just a wealth of knowledge. Like they're so interested in things. They learn so many things. They basically have the answer to everything. And they're really designed to be more efficient than all the other types as well, which is interesting because they actually don't have a sacral either. So the sacral being the center of energy that manifesting generators and generators have Projectors don't have that either. So rest is a really, really important aspect to factor into their lives. And a projector's, I guess, overall purpose or one of them is to really show the rest of the world a better way of working and a different way of working. So really moving us away from like society's, you know, typical work hard, grind, hustle sort of mentality. They're really designed to work less to have the same outcome as everyone else. They really don't have to push or grind or hustle to get the same outcome as everyone else. And there's also different types of projectors as well. So there's mental projectors, energy projectors, classic projectors, um, which I won't go into. You can explore that if you want to do a reading. So this also affects their energy levels as well. And one thing with projectors, I haven't given a lot of like tangible advice, I guess with the types, but I'll give you one for a projector. They know so much information They know the answers and the solutions. And if you're a projector, you'll probably relate to this. You feel like you just know, you may feel like, you know, if someone comes to you for advice or to ask a question, you know exactly what to say. And that is so beautiful. However, some projectors out of the goodness of their heart think they can just help everyone and they just want to help everyone because they can so clearly see the answer to something. So projectors can get a little bit of a bad rep because they're more inclined to give like unsolicited advice. And for some reason, when a projector gives you advice that, you know, is unsolicited or you're not, you haven't asked for, it can be received really, really badly from the other person and they're not going to take it on board. And in turn, as I said, projectors don't have unlimited energy. They don't have this like consistent energy like some of the other types do. So if they're just giving away their precious knowledge and advice, they're also giving away their precious energy. So they can really feel drained and like depleted trying to help everyone else, especially if these people didn't ask for this advice. So one thing that I would recommend you do if you are a projector is to wait for an invitation. So wait for somebody to ask you a question or wait for someone to ask, hey, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think I should do here? Or can you give me some advice on this thing? rather than just giving advice willy nilly. Or if you so clearly know the answer to something, asking them permission. Hey, I've got some advice. Like, would you like to hear it? Or, Hey, I've been through something similar. Would you like to hear what I did? Or, Hey, I think I can help you. Are you open to some advice rather than just giving it to them? So that is the projector type. Um, and then lucky last, I want to go into reflectors and reflectors are very rare. They are less than 1% of the population, which is really cool. And I feel like this is because reflectors are really here to serve a very unique purpose. And, you know, if everyone was a reflector, 
I feel like the world would just be in chaos. There's only a certain type of person meant to be equipped with this job. And, you know, I I feel like it can be a little bit harder to work in the world being a reflector as well. They are very, very profoundly sensitive. And that is because, and I haven't really touched on the centers, but every single one of their centers is open or undefined, which means they are always absorbing the energy from everyone around them, regardless of whether they're talking to them or not. So it can be super, super draining to be a reflector. It can be really hard to operate in today's society being a reflector. And I really see you if you are a reflector yourself. I know a few reflectors personally, and it can be a really, really hard job. So thank you for doing that for us. But a reflector's purpose is to really reflect back the energy of the environment around them or the community around them or the people around them in order for us to see how we're going basically. So they're kind of like a mirror. They can really see and hold all of humanity with a deep acceptance. And I guess their energetic purpose is to really lead us to this new world into this unity consciousness, which is a massive job in itself. So because they are so open and they're so sensitive, it's really, really important for them to get as much alone time as possible because they can really absorb the energies and the personalities and the, you know, goals and beliefs and like all the things of other people around them that sometimes they might not even know who they are. So they really need this alone time to like decompress and to just be in their own energy as much as possible when they're not surrounded by everything else influencing them. So a big common challenge here can be, you know, not knowing themselves and taking on different personalities when they're around other people. And they also might feel like they're too sensitive compared to the rest of society. However, the key here is to really own all of their sensitivity and all of their sensitive nature and to see it as actually a strength rather than a hindrance. So they're the overall energy types. And as I said before, that is just the smallest piece of your whole human design puzzle. But if you do learn to master that first, you know, your first energy type, then moving on to the rest of your chart is going to be so much easier. And there's so much more to your human design chart as well. Like for example, there's your strategy and this is basically a way to make your life flow easier. And that's where the practical and tangible advice can come in. Another important part of your chart is your authority. And your authority is basically like the loudest, most consistent energy that you have within you. And this is what to listen to. So it could be, you know, your sacral, which is your intuition and gut feeling, or it could be your spleen. So it's more of like your instincts, or if it's your solar plexus, it's all about listening to your emotions. There's so many different types that you can be. But one thing that I love looking at and that clients usually love looking at as well is the centers. And I mentioned them a little bit before, but they are, if you're looking at your human design chart, they are the shapes and they kind of look like chakras. I believe they're derived from the chakra system. However, they've added in a few other ones and they've changed the meanings of some of them as well. So if you're familiar with the chakra system with human design, kind of forget what you know, because they have, they're a little bit different, but with your centers, depending on if it's colored in or not means something different. So if it's colored in, it's, you know, activated in your chart. It's a consistent energy that you have within yourself. You're good in this area. It's like your strength. And because of that, you can send that energy out into the world as well. However, if you have a white center, which is undefined or open, this is something that you don't have consistent energy in. And because of that, you're really open to the world and you can absorb it from other people. 
So for example, if you're looking at your chart now, the bottom right hand arrow is your solar plexus. So the solar plexus is all about emotions and feelings. So if you have this undefined or white, if this little triangle is white in your chart, you're more open to absorbing other people's emotions and feelings. So this is very much like big empath energy. You know, these people can struggle with taking on other people's emotions or feeling emotional and not knowing the reason why, feeling like they've just been bombarded with other people's feelings without even being conscious of it. So you can literally like absorb other people's feelings, even if you're, you're not in a conversation with them, even if you're not super close to them, you could literally just be walking through the shopping center and you'd be unconsciously absorbing other people's emotions, which can be a lot. And obviously there's different ways that you can integrate this and cope and detach from this, which is something that I work quite closely with clients with, especially if they're finding this to be, you know, something that they're really struggling with in their life. But yeah, I don't have all of the time to go into each of the centers just on this podcast. So if you are interested in looking further into your human design, I have two options for you. One, you can book a one-off human design session with me. So we'll look at your personal human design chart. It goes for an hour on Zoom with me and we go through your chart in depth and you'll get so much information, but you can ask any questions as well. Or if you're not looking at going super, super deep in your chart, and you just want to learn a little bit more about human design and the centers, I would recommend my masterclass, Discover Your Design. And that is, I think it's a 60 minute masterclass that's already pre-recorded, So you have instant access to it. And we go through all of the different types, how to read your chart. And we go quite heavily into all the centers and what each center means, if it's colored in or not colored in. And if you're interested in that masterclass, I'm going to do a cheeky little, let's do 50% off for the podcast. So I'll pop the link in the show notes below. And by using that link, you'll get half price on the human design masterclass. And I'll also pop in the link to book the human design reading if you want to do the reading with me. But I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I love teaching about the things that really helped me in my own journey and that really helped me discover who I am and what I'm interested in and who I'm supposed to be in the world. And for me personally, human design was one of those things and is one of the reasons why I created this business in the first place. So thank you for listening. Please reach out on Instagram if you have any questions, but I hope you have a beautiful day or night whenever you're listening to this and I'll see you next episode.